are listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loudmouth movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? Real genius. Oh, yes. You see me smiling, Kyle? Throwback Thursday. 1985. Woo! <laughs> Val Kilmer. His finest role. The, definitely. He peaked in 1985. We'll Forget have to Casino or that. Tombstone or stuff. <laughs> Real genius for me is... That's the pinnacle. The alpha and omega of his career. All right. Well, joining us today for our Real Genius discussion, we have a guest. Lynn is joining us. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, Lynn. Welcome. All right. Lynn, why the hell should we listen to you? (laughs) Tell us a little bit. Who is Lynn? (laughs) When is Lynn? How is Lynn? You know, I'm going to go with the when is Lynn because I think that's why you should listen to me. And the when is that this movie was made when I was born. So there it is. That's why you should listen to me because I am a child of 1985. All right, oh, very good. So there's an inception-based merging of you and this film from birth. But you've seen it recently, right? Uh, yeah, the first time I saw it actually was a couple months ago. So excellent. Yeah. See, I was raised with this movie. Lynn saw it recently on a recommendation from shout out to Leah, right? Shout out to Leah. Yeah. And Kyle has been exposed to it recently as well. Indeed. Real genius. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. So first of all, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about our first impressions with the film. You were recommended this movie. Yes. And movie recommendations can be hit or miss depending on who they come from. But what did you think? What was your overall impression when you walked away from it? Uh, my overall impression was it impression was it it was awesomely bad, like super. <laughs> no, no, and I mean that I mean that in a good way. Like, oh no, God. no, no. That you know, like exactly heart. what you would expect out of a movie from the '80s. You know, like yeah. it was awesome. It had a crazy plot. The characters were were really well developed, and there's a little bit of overacting, but overall, I thought it was <laughs> awesomely bad. Yeah. Right. So I was wondering when I was watching it, and maybe James, you can shed some light on this yeah. too. Was the overacting, is that emphasis that comes with movies like this, is that played up on purpose or is that just from the time period? Is that how they were just, how they were doing it to try and actually capture whatever they thought was the essence? I'm going to go with the latter. It is a product of its time. It is 80s all the way. Everything from its pacing to its really frantic introduction of character after character after character and you get a feel for who they are right away each time, right? Uh, and of course, montage music, baby. Like it is, it is eighties yeah. all the way. There's, there's really fast, snappy, witty dialogue. There's montages to cover ground and to make up for like lack of time. And it's it's paced well, but quickly. And it's rap. And here's another way that it's very eighties. And I think you'll you'll agree with me on this one. It wraps up in such a satisfying way. An absurd. Yeah. <laughs> yet satisfying like every loose end is tied up they just start jamming people in at the end and there's kind of like a a pseudo happy group hug at the end like that kind of moment everything falls into place perfectly almost like it's an 80s sitcom right remember how sitcoms used to do that too yeah like just jam in everything at the end and be like 22 minutes problem solved did it end on a freeze frame I can't remember oh I'm sure no it ended on it, it technically no but it ended with another slow-mo musical sort of ah, outro. Okay. The final scene is the professor, Hathaway, coming back to his house. It's sunset, and his house is bursting with popcorn, right? right? And he's totally <laughs> depressed. He's probably going to go to jail at some point, right? Oh, oops, spoiler alert. He's a, he's a total dickhead. For a 1985 right? movie. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, and uh, the dog that annoyed him the whole movie comes up and it cuts, it fades to black on that. But before that, everybody's celebrating the popcorn, throwing it in the air, slow motion to the song. Nobody? Nobody. No. You've seen it a million yeah, times. Yeah. You tell us the song. Everybody wants to rule the world. Oh, yeah, of course. Everybody. Yes. I do remember that. This movie that. has a killer soundtrack, it too. It really does, actually. All right, I'm done. I'm done for now. So, Lynn, as a child of the 80s, did you enjoy other 80s films like this? I, I did, but, you know, I, I I don't remember a whole lot of them. A lot of them I've been revisiting lately, just after seeing this one. But, yeah, and what's your That's favorite good. 80s movie? Oh, man. My favorite 80s movie, The Burbs. The Burbs? Oh Tom Hanks and we The to, Burbs. We have to give you a retro review of that movie yes. at some point. If you haven't seen The Burbs... I don't think I've seen The Burbs. It's about Tom Hanks in a suburban cul-de-sac somewhere with potentially murderous neighbors. Nice. And it's wonderful. Nice. Yeah. Tom Hanks is one of my favorite actors. Oh. So. And it's when yeah. he's, of course, very young. Yeah. And yeah, you would love it. Awesome. That's another recommendation hey, coming excellent. at you right now. The real genius works so well, so let's do that one, <laughs> the too. The Burbs. We'll do it. <laughs> All right, James, for anybody who hasn't seen this movie since 1985, give us a quick plot synopsis of what we're talking about here with Real Genius. Here we go. Jump. Feel free to jump in at uh, any point, yeah. either one of you, but here we go. A young Mitch Taylor at 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me, let, me, let me back up, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, the CIA is working in cahoots, or in cahoots. Shout out to the honey baby, who puts an N in the word cahoots. <laughs> cahoots, I swear to God, it's so funny. But anyway, the CIA is working with some... Uh, some universities to develop a, a super weapon, a laser weapon, right? And it's in it's dark, smoke-filled rooms, and it's all very, very secretive, right? Uh. Okay, now let's jump to the actual storyline. Young Mitch Taylor, 15 years old. He's a prodigy. He's a genius. And he's been recruited to go to Pacific Tech. And I, I'm doing air quotes now because it's like Caltech, right? A.K.A. Caltech. Yeah, Caltech. And it was based off of... Caltech, loosely, yeah. from my understanding. The dormitories and everything. Yeah. Um, and he gets recruited by by Jerry Hathaway, Professor Dr. Jerry Hathaway, to work on his special project. Little does Mitch know that he's going to be paired up with Chris Knight. Who's Chris Knight, Lynn? Valcomer! Yeah. <laughs> Who was the, the university's sort of last and most famous prodigy. And they're going to collaborate on this project. And when they get there, Mitch is surprised to, to see that Chris Knight is not who he appears to be. How is Chris Knight, Val Kilmer, in the movie Lynn? How is he? Well, he's not typically what you would think of as like the smart genius nerd, right? He's kind of sloppy. He's kind of a slob. He's kind of all over the place. Not really focused. Great character. A womanizer. Totally. Womanizer. Absolutely. Eccentric. Yeah. I think. Sexist as all hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Right? It, we, we'll talk about that later. There were some, some, <laughs> some very <laughs> dated moments in this film. Oh, for yeah. Sure. I love it. It's the best. <laughs> All right, they, they work together. Mitch, of course, is, is aghast at, at the actual conditions of, of the university. He's busting his ass. People around him don't appear to have the same work ethic. Jerry Hathaway's pushing him. Mitch is feeling the pressure. And there we go, right? They work on the project, and eventually they come to some revelations. And uh, we'll get into it, right? And eventually, a house explodes with popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's whole, all you've got to know, really. This leads to a house exploding with popcorn. But along the way, we meet some excellent characters who, again, are also vintage 80s, right? Oh, yes. yes. You have, like, the, the prime prick douchebag that is Jerry Hathaway, who, by the way, is the EPA guy from Ghostbusters, right? Is he uh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the same guy? The actor's oh, my name God. Is, let me check good. my notes here, but it's William Atherton. In case everybody wants to actually recognize <laughs> James himself. has seven pages of notes for this film, by the way. It's actually this eight, is... but whatever. <laughs> this um, is impressive. But you meet some characters. Along the way. I can't wait to talk about the characters. Kent, 
Jordan, mm-hmm. Dr. Hathaway, the CIA guys, the mm-hmm. CIA guy's daughter, right? <laughs> Remember that? What happens to them? Oh, my God. All right, go ahead. Somebody else Mo- take it. Movies like this, of course, always, especially from this time period, it seems like the story is just there to get you from point A to point B, being yes. the beginning to the end of the film. And really, in between, they just want to play out these funny fantasies and like crazy moments and stuff. So I want to know what everybody's favorite moments from the movie were, favorite scenes or anything. Did you have any favorite oh, ones? Know, or I, favorite characters or anything? Oh, Laszlo, come on, right? Oh, Laszlo? Yes, Laszlo's you forgot the best, the best character. <laughs> wow, Dude, he's your favorite character? pages of notes, you didn't come on. So yeah. why was no, I have, Laszlo I have Laszlo your, cool too, you got, Okay, why yeah. was Laszlo your favorite? Well, I think, well, my favorite moment I think was when Mitch finally went into the closet and found out what yes. was behind the closet doors, like what all the whole contraption to get down to Laszlo's little basement <laughs> dungeon area. That was amazing. It was so awesome. Yes, that was pretty awesome. What's your favorite Laszlo quote? My James? favorite Laszlo quote. Give me a second to find it, but it's when uh, it's when he actually speaks. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> when they actually when he actually speaks, they've already discovered his. Well, Mitch has already discovered the tunnel, and he's got the stacks of those yellow cards in his yeah. in, in his arms, right? And he freezes in front of Chris and Mitch studying. And Chris goes, Laszlo, uh, you know, he's like nervous. And they talk a little bit about the, the upcoming tests and how he's gotten all the questions from Dr. Hathaway's test from the past 10 years. And he did that. And they ask, what are those? Oh, these are entries into the Frito-Lay sweepstakes. <laughs> no purchase necessary. Enter as many times as you want. So I am. How many times have you, how many times have you entered? Well, this batch will make 1650000 <laughs> Right, because he has a device that's like, woo, 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 cranking out. At, so he totally, I should win thirty three point eight percent of the prizes, including the car. <laughs> All this ringing a bell, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it great? It yeah. is great, and especially then, because that moment was apparently based on an actual thing that happened with students what? Was it at really? Caltech. No yeah, way. they entered the Frito Lay contest, and they put in so many submissions that they totaled, I believe it was one fifth of all the total entries into it. And they ended up, of course, statistically having a really good chance to win. And they did. They won the car. They won the money. They won, like, food certificates and stuff. Yeah. So shout out to 70s Caltech (laughs) folks, whoever those were. Pretty genius idea there. That was wonderful. Excellent. All right, Kyle, what about you? What's your favorite character? uh... Um, I mean, my favorite character is obviously anytime Val Kilmer is just on the screen screaming, nearly screaming, Shakespearean-esque quotations at everybody, like he's at the Globe Theater. You know, everything he said was, like, with such gusto and fervor. And I can't remember all the litany of quotes, but one he had was about Socrates, and he was, like, uh, recounting... Do you remember the quote I'm talking about? (laughs) Yep, he says, I drank what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Instead of something deep, just right. like a, like it's like oh, oh our, and we reflect on our past, like the great Socrates after he drank and remembered. I drank what? You yeah, know? like <laughs> all of his quotes like that were so brilliant. But I mean, he's the main reason to watch the film. Absolutely. Oh, he's, he's such a scene stealer. Absolutely. Yep. And another thing about this, and it's also very eighties, is no scenes are wasted. Something is happening, whether yeah. funny or yeah, kind of over the top, dramatic and overacted. But every like every scene draws your attention to something worth your attention I think there's no nothing wasted no wasted dialogue really no wasted anything and when they they can't fill it with dialogue and wittiness and snappiness they fill it with music oh the montages the the montages we'll talk about the montages 
Uh, here's my uh, my favorite moment in the movie. My right. absolute favorite. Because I, I have tons of them. But I like is... the liquid nitrogen coins, too. Oh, yeah. Everything, like, that was let's, let's talk cool. about it. First of all, first of all. <laughs> I don't I, know how that would ever work yeah. in real life, but that's pretty oh, cool. Slugs. You never use slugs? I have. No, you know what? I have not used them, but. I have slugs from my magic career. I have some fake Your coins that career. I've uh, they tend that to I've work. used nice. in that respect. Yeah, I have all sorts nice. of tricks like that I can mm-hmm. tell you. Well, the, nowadays everything being digital, electronic, it's not working. Right. The world's becoming less fun by the fucking <laughs> fucking security state. Right. All right. Just more challenging. Uh, yeah. That's true. More um, challenging to have the fun. Well, yes. you got to be like a fucking anonymous level hacker to have fun. Like nowadays. a real genius. You, oh, there it is. Ooh. All right, I respect Laszlo, but I am going with Chris Knight as my favorite character in the movie. Okay, of course. And here's a moment that's just brilliant, and I love all of his one-liners. I love his facial expressions. I love the liquid nitrogen. I love how he's playing with coins instead of paying attention to. You, you catch mm-hmm. that moment. He's like, oh yeah. All right, but he's he goes over to Jerry's house late one night, and he's got. He wants to talk to Jerry, Dr. Hathaway, right? He rings the doorbell, and instead of Jerry Hathaway answering the door, does anybody remember who answers? Uh-uh. That hot little blonde, <laughs> the CIA's guy's daughter. Ah, uh, yes. And Chris Knight is taking like, hi, and she's, hi, and he just goes, well, walks right past her, <laughs> right? Walks in the house, and then here's the following exchange, ready? <clears throat> he goes, Chris Knight, listen, uh, Jerry asked me to drop by. What did he ask you to do? <laughs> and the girl goes, what? And Chris Knight goes, which word didn't you understand? <laughs> it's so brilliant. Oh For the longest time in my life, I tried using that on people. Whenever somebody says what to you, Kyle and Lynn, throw that one right back in their face. Like, well, which word in that sequence didn't you understand? Like, try to hone in on the exact moment that they didn't. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. so fuck- it's so brilliant. Like, it's so clever. Everything's clever. Yes, yeah. it is very clever. Yeah. All, right, all right. So I have a question yeah. because as I was watching this movie, one of the things that was hard for me to get over was the fact that Chris Knight was all over my campus when I was going to college. Hmm. And I knew people just like him and they drove me fucking insane. I could not stand, like, just the people with such, like, natural talent and then just, like, finally realizing it and realizing their influence that they had and just being, like, such dicks like about not it. Not really having to do anything. Yes. Try. Yeah. Yes. Did you know any of the people that were in this film? Any people like that when you went to school? Oh, what do you think, Lynn? You got any, uh... Any um, people like this, you know? I knew some people like that in high school uh. where they really weren't doing anything and just getting by totally nicely. And, yeah, I was super jealous of that because that was not me at all. <laughs> not me yeah, I was busting my butt. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. I feel like I might have been a little bit like the Chris Knight guy. Uh-oh. Oh, really? But, but, but not, not <laughs> yeah, but not in a sort of laid-back California, you know, uh, wearing uh-huh. shorts and weird clothes all over the place, like like eccentric, <laughs> but definitely like, like cocky and arrogant, you know? yeah. Like, when everybody was killing themselves and staying up all night studying, yeah. I had a rule, like, nope, I don't study past a certain hour, and whatever point I'm at, I just stop. And then I'll just totally blow the curve for everybody. What about sweater tied around the neck? Kent? Kent, man. Ooh, Kent, what a character. Did oh my you God. know any Kents in your lifetime? Oh, yeah. I think there's plenty of Kents out there, <laughs> aren't there? Right? There definitely are. Kent is such a classic character. Kent is Everything a good about character. him is, like... His fucking hairstyle, right? <laughs> the glasses, the braces, the glasses, like the come in handy later. The braces, <laughs> right? The what? The braces, how they come in handy. Mm-hmm. Yep, they use his yeah. whole head as a tool. <laughs> um, Classic. I also love, I love the fact about Kent that you see him the whole movie wearing the turtlenecks, right? 
But then later on in the movie when he's he thinks he's schizophrenic and he's researching like schizophrenia because <laughs> he's hearing the voices, right? That was a good He starts unbuttoning his shirts and you see that it's a, like what like a mock turtleneck? It's not a full turtleneck. Oh, yeah, you're right. He had like, like a little, little bib. Yeah. <laughs> it's the equivalent of like a clip on tie, right? Yes. I remember being oh, a little kid and watching that and being like, what a fucking nerd. Right? And those are Who real. Who wears that shit? Those must be real. So do you think people actually wore those in the eighties? Oh, did I don't you wear know. those in the eighties, James? No, but Somebody I love the fact that he did. Right? <laughs> oh, and Kent is like, he's like, it goes from God to Jerry to me. Got it? And then Jerry walks in. Hello, Jerry. Kent, I thought I told you, never use my first name. <laughs> Did I? Right? <laughs> and then he's always sent to run to the dry cleaners, right? And after that, I need you to pick up my dry cleaners. Don't worry about it. I love it. You know, like, oh, he's such a jerk. Do you think that Val Kilmer's character detracts or adds to the lead character's role in the movie what a great question lynn take it wait can you say that again <laughs> so i so i don't remember the the name of the what's the mitch taylor mitch taylor mitch is oh, like the 15 it. year old and right, it's really right. like his right. journey of yeah. you know self-discovery and everything through the college scene and as i was watching of course val kilmer's performance is in your face the whole time yeah does it matter that it's happening? Does it detract from the film at all? I don't think it detracts from Mitch's character at all. I mean, they're so different that uh-huh. it, it emphasizes the differences between the two and the fact that they end up getting along so well is super cool. So yeah. I think it actually adds to his character. Good. I, like I, I appreciate your point, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with Lynn. There is a symmetry. Mm-hmm. Chris Knight, the character that is Chris Knight, is so dominating, but both characters come up against an obstacle and the other one helps them. So there's a symmetry in their storylines, right? Mitch goes through it first. Mitch gets humiliated. Mom, I want to be with you. <laughs> you <laughs> you rented out my room, Mom, to who? <laughs> and then they rented it out to the plumber. Why can't he share it? Right? <laughs> I tell you, I got this movie, Kyle. It's you do. Lynn. It's so impressed. <laughs> All right, so Mitch hits his bottom. He hits his, his, his low point, right? And Chris brings him back it's a moral imperative you must get even with kent it's a moral imperative and then chris hits rock bottom when dr hathaway oh he threatens to fail him threatens right? to fail him. Yeah. He, he, he's he doesn't threaten him he says you're out now get right, out right and i'll make sure you never work in this field again yeah you That's unbelievable harsh. asshole count on it <laughs> I, <laughs> real genius by james anyway um you could have written it and then who brings him back from that ledge if you will mitch so there you go yeah you know, it's interesting when I was. Kyle, it's like you and I, you know? With, yeah. You're, 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 yeah. You're Chris oh, Knight so and I'm sweet. Mitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> that must be opposite. <laughs> I'm flattered, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I was looking this up afterwards, and it was interesting to me that the film was directed by a lady. Did you know this? I did. Martha Coolidge. Mm-hmm. And uh, after I had watched it as well, there were parts of it where I was like, hmm. This was inherently sexist, and there were a lot of moments like that, and that led me to think about, uh, to to try and analyze that a little bit. Um, And I don't know, you you brought that up as well, that main point, so how do you feel uh, like that all? It's goes funny. Together. It's funny. I think this is the difference between a millennial. Remember, yes. we did decades recently, mm-hmm. a millennial like yourself and someone like me. When I watch a movie like this, I identify the sex parts, but I, I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I never apologize in the podcast, right? <laughs> okay. I crack up and I love it. I can identify it, but there's no way. I don't I don't cringe. Like, I know millennials like to say, ugh, this movie's so dated, and they kind of cringe when they see certain things on screen. But when Chris Knight says, 
right to that girl, the CIA daughter. He doesn't know it's the CIA guy's daughter, but he's like, I'm sorry, have you ever seen a body like this before in your life? And the old guy goes, that just happens to be my daughter. He's like, oh, well, then I guess you have. <laughs> and he goes up to the girl in the pool party. He goes, don't eat that. Remember she's about to eat a hamburger? Yeah. Remember Chris Knight at the pool party? Don't mm-hmm. eat that. Didn't anybody tell you that eating that will give you incre- like extremely large breasts? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm too late. <laughs> Cracks me up. <laughs> so, but it's very, yeah, it's very, it's bad. Product of the time. <laughs> yeah, like if you saw that in a modern movie, how what would people? It think wouldn't be it? funny no, either. That's the thing no, because be it wouldn't shocking. have. Like that's the that's the beauty of an '80s movie. Yeah. It's it exists in a little time capsule. Uh-huh. The hairstyles, the dress, the dialogue, the interactions, the pacing, the music, everything about totally. it allows you to be like, yeah. Product of its time, as Kyle likes to say, I'm gonna laugh at it. But you insert that exact line in the movie today. If Kevin Hart is saying that to whoa, Melissa McCarthy, why do I always use those two as my? I don't uh, know. They're just the, <laughs> they're the, the advertised ones. They're there. Yeah. They're in your face all the time. You'd be like, ugh, you know. Even in Ghostbusters, the headlines are like, oh, you sure the fart didn't come out from the front? I'm like, boy, oh boy, that's really bad, you know. <laughs> but in an '80s movie, yeah, you can probably crack me the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you can get away with in the eighties. The eighties. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Where were we? What were we talking about? I don't know. Are we talking about Jordan? Since we're talking about women. Yes, I love yes. Jordan. She's amazing. She is amazing. What do you like about her, Lynn? Well, okay, so I I do have a little bit of beef with her because they kind of make her like a very stereotypical nerdy, and she's the like only girl. I mean, are there any other like? women that and that you see i don't know yeah like her but no. but i love her because she's super eccentric and she's super awesome and she builds things she's like an engineer she's great uh-huh. and that's definitely something that is not present in a lot of 80 mo- 80s movies is that a, a stronger female that's character true, actually yeah yeah so interesting that's getting highlighted here as well you want some jordan quotes yes yeah. When the when her sled crashes in the ice, yeah. and Mitch is, are you okay? No, 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 not emotionally, but t- not terribly, but still, it should have gone much further, much faster. It's okay though. I think I, and she starts talking about the drag coefficient. Mm, yeah, that's like, yeah, it's so it, brilliant. It's great. You know, now I'm just as we're talking about this, realizing that basically the Big Bang Theory only exists because of this movie. Have you have you ever I, watched that show? I, I thought about that, and if if you do research on, let's say, the internets. Okay. I, I got um, there were there were some chit chat for a moment of NBC doing a, a sitcom based on Real Genius. I think in like 2014. But it already yeah. exists. And then I was like, and then it, it went no further. I guess development hell is a term oh, that they use sometimes yes. for projects that get green, not okay. greenlit, but they don't go anywhere, right? Development right. hell. And then I sat there and thought, I was like, well, thank God, because you know how I feel about rebooting and remaking shows. Mm. Thank God they've never touched this movie. Then I realized. No, they, they, it already exists, and it's called The Big Bang Theory, and I fucking hate that show. <laughs> that show sucks. Have you ever watched it, no, Lynn? You know, not really, and everybody tells me I should, especially when they hear like, I'm in science. They're like, oh, you should, you should watch The Big Bang Theory, so I don't know. But should I? Apparently not. I have, I've seen it as well. I don't think it's great. Um, yeah. A lot of people, I mean, it's probably near the top of like network sitcoms mm, you know okay, okay. and then there's oh, it's highly like, watched yeah right yeah, yeah yeah and then there's you know a disparity between network television and other television but you know, what is interesting about it is that there are uh very reminiscent. I mean, all of these characters exist nearly identically really? in that space. So the character Jordan you're just talking about is there. Um, and the other characters are kind of like Chris's character, except broken up into different pieces. So okay. they can kind of analyze it a little bit more and look at the scene. But they've kind of updated it to the more like super nerd level that 
people are at now. So kind of the more accessible engineering and uh, computer science crowd that's out there. Um, and a ton of people like it, and a ton of people watch it. But, yeah, I don't know. I'll stick with Chris Knight a hundred <laughs> times out of a hundred. First the comedy all, is way more original in Real Genius. Yeah, yeah and every there's no, you know, again, getting back to the 80s and what you sort of could get away with back in the 80s. My understanding is in this uh, this sitcom, what the hell is it called again? The Big the Bang, Big Bang Theory. Theory. Everybody's very much like a skinny, scrawny, sissy boy. You're like, ah, I know I'm being so, like, I don't know, whatever. But, no, that is very much true. You know, like, yeah. the sort of, they're very much like borderline Bay Area kind of hipstery goofballs, you know? And I hate mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like for Chris Knight. He's cool. Chris yeah. Knight's cool. Like, when I was growing up, I wanted to be Chris Knight. There's no way I'd see Sheldon from from this show and want right. to be him. They're more know? like For the, so many reasons. the stereotype, like, anti-sexual, like, yeah. basement. That's exactly yeah. what basement I'm getting at. dwelling, yep. That's you know? Exactly what I'm yeah. getting at. Yep. And this, uh, this, I think, highlights a much more... Uh, uh, what what I took strongly away from this was um, it was a very funny 80s comedy about you know these goofy people and stuff but different from something like Revenge of the Nerds or anything like that mm, in that yeah. it didn't just pigeonhole any one of them into a specific you know caricature they all were at college kind of exploring themselves and their personalities and they did face some of those challenges like Mitch's character and you know a big change for him in his life at a very young age and everything so they were tackling a lot more of those um, those kind of personality development uh, tracks as they went along through the movie which is always more entertaining than Mm -hmm. watching endless caricatures for nine seasons on network (laughs) last thing I'll say about Big Bang Theory go on to YouTube type in Big Bang Theory without laugh track is it not funny it is like it's just (laughs) it's stunningly bad that's true of most shows that are set to a soundtrack but run that little experiment and you'll see just how unfunny it is like it's terrible alright I have a question for Lynn getting back to Jordan let's talk more about Jordan for a split second I got one word for you two words really (laughs) Those couldn't be t- more different. <laughs> ah. Is it two? It's two. Okay, um, two words. <coughs> that sweater. That sweater? The sweater she makes for Mitch. It's amazing. Isn't that great? It's amazing. It's so it's like, sweet. It's like straight yeah. Michael Jackson thriller or bat. the sweater. Oh, how does he give him the sweater? Tell us. How does she give him the sweater? Oh, Is it when he's in scene. the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah, he's taking a pee and she walks in and, and yeah. And oh, she, like, she's totally totally. Yeah. Yes. yes. All right, Lynn, yeah. give us your best Jordan impersonation, please. I'm sorry. Oh, you got to do no. it. Oh, no. Wow, you're putting her on the spot. I know. If you can't do it, I'll do it. You do it. You have the quotes. Though, okay, she, was, she bursts in and, and one guy's on his way out, first of all, and this girl's boom, like powers her way through. And she starts babbling about, I can't sleep, I can't sleep. I, I had a roommate and I drove her nuts. I mean, really nuts. <laughs> I don't know if it was my fault or anything, but I don't know, but she had to go to an institution. And then, and then she's like, I made this Twitter for I use my brother for sizing. I hope it's okay. Uh, are you still peeing? I haven't started yet. Is it because I'm here? I think so. <laughs> Weird. Okay, anyway, I'm right down the hall. I never sleep. <laughs> she says I never sleep like eight times. Oh, it's the best. I drove her nuts, really nuts, and I don't know why. <laughs> Woo. And then, quick little side note, because we're all in science here. What does uh, what does Jordan bring to the pool party? 
Remember? Oh, the rebreather. Yeah, the rebreather. <laughs> nice, right? huh? Yeah. Whoa, she's way ahead of her yeah, time, right? She really was. There you go. Excellent. All right. That's some super science. Yeah. All right. Did did we talk about what your favorite part of the movie was? Your favorite. I talked about was my Chris. favorite. My favorite. What's character's... your favorite part of the movie? You've seen it. How many times have you seen this? You have oh, it on VHS, God. right? Oh, good God! I've seen it so many times, as you could tell. I don't have to. Re- I don't have to reference my. You know, <laughs> but I, I wrote them down anyway. Ooh, my favorite part is well, I love every scene that Chris is in. But I do love the music montages, yeah. you know? And the first music montage is kind of like Mitch's music montage, right? And it's uh, set to the song Fallen. I'm falling, falling. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, if anybody's with me, if anybody's following my line of thought here, it's, it's following Mitch as he's studying and working the lab and getting frustrated with Chris yeah. and getting teased by Kent and seeing Lazlo. Like, all these things are happening in the montage. And meanwhile, he's going to class and the class is getting smaller and smaller. And what are all the students getting replaced by? Anybody remember? Oh, yeah, the recorders. The boomboxes. The boomboxes, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and then finally at the end... Oh, the recordings, because yeah. yes. They're like, fuck it, so I'm not coming great. to this lecture. And then the teacher gets replaced by yeah. it, too, at the, the end, The teacher right? puts one in. Yeah. That was so, so funny. Yep. It's Couldn't the perfect be... way to end the uh, montage. And the <laughs> fact that there's, there's some really good timeless, you know, school humor in this as yes, well. Yes, With Kyle, just, yes. like... That that exact thing playing out in like your professor emailing you and just being like, hey, I put the lectures online, so you know you just get the PowerPoint there. I'm, I'm out this week, you know. Just it's the exact same thing. It's just so great. I all love right. that. And then the second music montage is, I give my all just to be number one. Remember that? <laughs> and who's that montage for? It's not for Mitch anymore. It's for. Is it for Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's right after Mitch gave. Gave Chris's pep talk, right, right. and Chris is like, "You make an interesting point." And he dedicates himself to studying and getting back in the lab and he's busting in the his front row of class. And he wears his buttoned-up like mm-hmm. hush, you know, his fucking college shirt, <laughs> and he's like staring at Kent and whatnot. So that's the music montage for Chris reasserting himself, proving that yeah. he was once on top. And if he wants to turn it on again, he'll turn it on. Mm-hmm. I'd give my all just to be number one. <laughs> Really, you don't have to because yeah. you're one of those. Yeah, exactly. You oh, but then it. another thing is one of my favorite parts of the movie. I God damn it, if you don't remember this, I'll kill both of you right now. Um, Strong words. During, during the second montage, there's a big group study going on, and one guy just freaks out. Oh, yeah, he loses his shit. I remember that Yeah, one. he goes, yeah. Ah! Ah! and he just like, does that and gets in a bunch of people's faces, and everybody just sort of sits there and takes it, and then when he leaves... Everybody's just kind of like, ugh, I'm like readjust. Uh, another one. Right? And somebody steals a seat, right? Isn't that the best? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a little kid, I was like, is that gonna, does that happen to people? Uh, oh, yeah. Another classic example of the uh, the old weed out courses in yeah, college. Right? Did you ever the, take any oh, of those? Oh, I took a pre med weed out and I got oh. weeded and the you fuck did, out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there you have it. Yeah, honors uh, open. Well, here's something. Here's no, something. that wasn't happening. Here's something I also, <laughs> No, you couldn't survive organic chemistry? Oh, not honors organic chemistry. Oh, right, well. And not the professor that I had. No, it was this exact situation. Did he, did he give lectures on tape? <laughs> no, he didn't really give lectures at all. And That's I was the type of person that really needed somebody to kind of walk me through and give me some good explanation. I couldn't just read the textbook by myself and get away with that. Yeah. So all the kids that succeeded in that class were the Chris Knights that were there. And I dropped into the the other OCAM courses <laughs> shortly after that. Well, here's a, here's a theme I want to bring up since we're talking about <clears throat> weed-out classes. A, a recurring mention or theme in this movie is the, is the, uh, the cracking of a student, right? Mm-hmm. 
how do we feel about that? They mentioned it with Laszlo. Laszlo cracked severely, yeah. as they yeah. say, right? And he ends up in a fucking like steam room, like at the damn yeah. penguin or something like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Mitch is on the verge of cracking before yeah. Crystal's back. Chris goes through his struggles, and that guy clear. So, what do we think about that? You know, the the whole thing that school can push you to that brink. I think it's another great example mm-hmm. of them kind of tackling a universal concept in Absolutely. this too, because that's one of the first moments where you're on your own. There's no real safety net, you know, at that point, and you can start to fail on your own. Mm-hmm. And that pressure, uh, especially from coursework, is one of the first, you know, places where people start to realize that and I all those people uh, I was never one of the kids that was always thinking that I failed the test and then got a 100% you know on it but I knew all those people too and just the desolation that they would feel coming out of things and the horrible depression and then ending up with A's and stuff and that that was intense for me because I had never really experienced that and I think I was in a kind of comfortable place with failure by that point (laughs) in other aspects of my life where I was kind of I was in the groove there and knew where my strengths and weaknesses were so I was able to tackle that but that universal theme they definitely play up pretty good in there yeah absolutely I can relate to that for sure I was one of those yeah yeah the on the verge of cracking because you just have to be like perfect at everything it's not a good way to be no yeah i think it i think it highlights a a commentary on the school system too as well um and it was interesting that they didn't there were a couple of ways that this movie could have gone that would have made it a lot darker and more emotional and of course we're in 1985 and we're playing up the the levity here and everything but especially about the uh the military and the basically the mm-hmm. idea that you know that the top students are being poached or mm-hmm. you know expected to make crazy weapons to you know stay on, in the arms race. Um, they could have played that up more, and they didn't. You know, which is good for the comedy movie's sake. Yeah. Um, and they could have they could have done more with the school system and and talking about those types of things as well because I think what they came to learn was that they as a collaborative working together you know were able to problem solve and that was kind of the ideal situation was for these smart people to work together and do creative things and talk to each other and collaborate and come up with amazing solutions to things and that not necessarily that regimented school structure was going to work for everybody or even be the best way to teach the information that they were getting. But they didn't go that route either, no. in, a, in a big way. <laughs> they, they stuck to the 80s lightheartedness, yes. Kyle, big time. I got some more examples. You want to hear some, yeah, yes. hear some classic examples of how this is 80s? I'll throw them out there. You guys react. How about that? Um, all right, Jordan. Let's go back to Jordan. Yes. She asks Mitch, you want to try out my rebreather? All right. Yeah, they go down to the edge of the pool, right? And, uh, you know, Mitch clearly is attracted to her, right? He had sort of perked up in his seat when she walked in, if you remember. And when they're down by the pool's edge, um, Mitch starts to ask Jordan, how come you're not, uh, you know, and he wants to say partying, but Jordan thinks he's going to say, like, getting it on with somebody. So here's here's some 80s <laughs> stuff for you. Ready? How come you're not, uh, and she goes, necking? <laughs> right? <laughs> necking, Kyle. Necking. Necking. Mm. But then she keeps going. She goes, necking? Question mark. I'm not gay. <laughs> what? As it, the, the assumption is, the, the assumption here is, if I may speak on Jordan's behalf, Mitch wants to know why she's not getting on with somebody, 
And she says, why, why do you, I'm not kissing somebody. Are you accusing me of being gay? Like to the point of being so disinterested in mm. men that I come to parties with science equipment. So she's like offended by the assumption that he thinks she might be gay. And she just flat out says, I'm not gay. You know? Oh, that's so that's 80s. That's a deep one. And then later on, <laughs> I mean, I, I love this movie. I've, I could fucking pick it apart like crazy. But yeah, she she has to like defend herself. Like, hey man, I'm not gay. I'm I'm at the party and I I might want to kiss a guy at some point, but it's not because I'm gay that I'm not doing it. That's See, what she said. I don't think saying. I ever fully understood that line. I don't think now. I did either. I was wow. just like, why did she say that? I don't mm-hmm. I don't get it. Whatever. Moving on. Yeah. Yes. Because she's probably faced that accusation before in her life, right? Like, how can mm. we never show any interesting guys? Well, because she's more interested in like science and her. So oh, she's probably on. had to answer that question many times. Like, Jesus oh, Christ, for the millionth time, I'm not gay. I'm just not kissing a guy in this moment. I just want to try my rebreather. A little commentary there. <laughs> Interesting. But there you go. All right, so that's 80s. But then shortly after that, who walks in and ruins the party? Do you remember? Well, Jerry eventually, right? And who's by him out. Who, exactly. Who's yeah. by his side? Kent, right? His little bitch. <laughs> his little bitch. Indeed. Right. And in, in a very classic 80s fashion, the, the party gets interrupted by like, <laughs> like the music scratch, right? And uh, he yells at Mitch and he yells at Mitch and he, you know, Makes him look like a fool in front of everybody. But then on his way, on his way out, one of his one of the, one of the students asks Doctor Hathaway, "What? Are you wearing makeup?" <laughs> and Doctor Hathaway just gives him like a a look. Right? <laughs> the girl that is by that student's side does this, and I'm waving my hand side to side. What does that gesture mean? Yeah. You guys don't know. Is this another? Yes. You didn't do that, girl. Oh, I'm so old. It didn't mean that. Yeah, like like he's kind of gay. Oh no, Hmm. I never did that. You never did that. No. When I was growing up, that streets of Coney Island, Brooklyn. That hand gesture means yeah, you're kind of like a little fruity. Oh wow. Wow, and they were on the West Coast. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We gotta um, get ready to close it out here. Oh, we gotta close it. You kidding me? You gotta you gotta run us down a list of your favorite quotes. Oh, shit. No, let me give you two more 80s ones okay. real quick. Uh, when that, like, genius groupie lady, Sherry Nugel, remember the blonde with the big glasses that, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She like, wants to date all the top ten geniuses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when she's in Mitch's room waiting for him, remember that? Mitch flicks on the lights and boom, a woman is waiting for him in his room. She goes, I've been waiting three years for this. Three years? Mitch is still 15. Oh. So this woman has had Mitch on her radar to, mm. to try to bang him since he was 12. Okay, that's, that's disturbing. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. I've been waiting three years for this. Mitch goes, for what? For the chance to do this. To do what? This. And she starts kissing him. She's had her eye on it. First of all, she's kissing a 15-year-old. I did right? not pay attention to that. Yeah. Groupie. No, I missed that one, too. <laughs> she's I think a my groupie. brain blocked she's that a out. <laughs> She's a James has seen this a hundred thousand times. So. She's a fucking groupie in the movie for no reason. What what is her her character arc is to be like creepy and stalk geniuses and then end up with Laszlo at the end. There's yeah, an but, example. But, but he's got everything. She she's like she ends up with everything she could ever need in life. This right? is it. This is she what said. I've been waiting for. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for thirty. So I think she ups it to like twelve years or something like that at that point. Oh, I've been waiting for Laszlo, right? James has reverted to speaking in quotes. Now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could, yeah, my whole language could be reduced down to real genius quotes. All right, and then when, when Mitch confesses that Sherry Nugel was waiting in his room for her, he tells Jordan, right? He, he confesses to Jordan. There was a woman in my room, and she wanted to, and here's an 80s quote. Jordan goes, jump you? 
jump you. <laughs> necking and necking jumping. And jumping. Right. What does jump you mean? Right. It means to take advantage of you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bang you, right? There you go. And bang <laughs> your right. Version of well, you know, bang your right. Apparently, those are the synonyms. All right, what do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do now? One of my favorite things about the movie and looking at these movies specifically is that they used a lot of practical effects mm. and it leads you right into the big finale of the movie with huge popcorn house explosion and everything but there's something so classic especially not having the nostalgia of this movie to just watching a movie like this and seeing it on screen and knowing that it's happening like live and that somewhere out there they blew up a house with popcorn. And that was so cool to me. I don't know. I love watching old movies like this where they use like the practical effects and it's not all the CG stuff anymore. Yeah. That was that a big did you didn't see it in the theaters, but was that a big hit when you watched it? Well, yeah, of course. When I watched it, there was no such thing as special effects. The house was bursting right in front yeah. of me. It's undeniable. It's a house being like burst at the seams, right? Would you say that's probably the most iconic scene from the film that lives on? Yeah, it's 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 such a satisfying '80s climax, is it not? <laughs> oh yeah, like absolutely. music kicks in, people are smiling and celebrating. There's one clear villain that's been thwarted, and then Kent comes sliding out on a pile of popcorn. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yes, there it is. Remember when Kent, what Kent says when he goes into the house, and everyone's like, "Kent, don't go in the house!" Right? He goes in there, and he's like poking and prodding at the at the big microwave popcorn bag, right? And eventually, he goes, "Okay, God, <laughs> let me have it!" Right? Perfect. Yes. Yes. Oh, but here, right, here's, run him down. Here's another favorite moment. Speaking of Kent, yes, when when God talks to Kent, <laughs> that's, that's the best. That I was love, a good I one. I love that. Isn't that so funny? How they go back and forth between Mitch and the Kent, <laughs> right? Here's some Kent. Wake up, Kent. And Kent bangs his head against the keyboard. Ow! I'm talking to you, Kent. I said I'm talking to you. And then Kent is like, you know, suspicious. He's checking his glasses. Who is this? This is Jesus, Kent. <laughs> And you've been a very naughty boy, right? And then he lectures him on, like, you know, let's find out with laser, blah, blah. I want you, I want you to think about what you've done, Kent. And from now on, stop playing with yourself, right? <laughs> it is God, right? It is. Amazing. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Guys, I have so many, I have so many quotes, but. All right, let's let's do let's do closing. Maybe we, we'll have we, to do a bonus episode with Leah. It, with Leah. it sounds like it. Yeah, a, you a, should actually. A quote of right, Yes. All right, all, right. all right. Well, we grade the movies at the end, so we're gonna give a retro grade to Real Genius, and we'll start with James. A through F, James. Classic grading scale. Oh man, you give well, here's it. here's what I'm gonna do. And you can give it an A plus if you feel it's worthy. Here's what I'm gonna of do. Course. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna uh, Real Genius in my grading scheme has to operate in a vacuum. I can't hold it up against Moonlight, right? Or Rocky. Mm-hmm. And so, it just as James's personal scale, not the, the scale that I would love to impose on the world and yes. have my opinion be like, sure. yeah, the, the rule scale. of land. Yeah. <laughs> this gets an A. I love it. An A, all right. Yeah. Solid. But I've, I've, I've qualified it a little bit, okay. right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Lynn, um, what do you think? <laughs> for me, this movie gets an A, B. Ooh. For awesomely bad. <laughs> oh, how creative! <laughs> A to B, depending on the seed. <laughs> I'll give it overall because I have to be critical, of course, of all the movie type things. A B minus, but an extremely enjoyable B minus. <laughs> there you have it. Depraved. What about when we caught you with that naked with that bowl of Jello? I was hot and I was hungry. Right? See, that's the A. <laughs> 
I have so many quotes. I have so many quotes, Kyle, I've written here that, that Chris Knight, Val Kilmer is Chris Knight, is Iron Man before Robert Downey Jr. Ooh. Oh, they, they, go. You know, like the... Maybe the he super, is Iron Man. Super genius, yet super sexist, womanizing, can play... You extrapolate. I can, don't know. Can play every game according to his own rules. He, you know, beats, mm. dances to the beat of his own drum, marches... I fucked that... Yeah, you did. Up. You did. That's okay. Marches that to the beat of his dance. own drum, right? He can dance. Everybody, look at your pants. Well, it's like it's like Rocky <laughs> said. You want to dance? You you want to go to the bank? You got to dance with. Oh, he can dance if you want to. Leave him for Let me let me find let me find one more. Let me let me find end one us more on quote. a quote. Your favorite quote. Okay, Pressure's okay. on. Oh my God! Another funny quote. Drum um, roll. Oh, here we go. Oh, my God. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you killed the drum roll. I know, I fucked it up. You blew it. Okay, last one I'll go on. It's not my favorite. I already said my favorite, and, you know, everybody feel free to use it. Someone says, what? You're like, oh, yes. which word didn't you understand? That is a good one. But if you remember when Jerry Hathaway snaps at that guy, remember he's like, Jerry, they told me they want the laser at the end of the month. Now you listen to me, you groveling bug. I have exams. I am doing everything I can, so get off my back. A total, like, flip out, right? A total flip out, like, just dropped in the movie to show you how, like, shit's getting, like, things are escalating. That's and a good. The, the pressure is on. That's a good summation of the film, too, with everything that's going, with all the insanity surrounding it. They're in school and they have exams. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> the ridiculousness. Yeah, he snaps at the CIA guy. It's, it's so, good. I, I got so much more I can talk about. But let's, uh, yeah. We shall home, again. But with that, we're out of time. Lynn, thank you so much for being Thanks here. Thanks for having me. This is a blast. Talk, yes. Yay. We'll have you come back in and talk about other stuff let's sometime. Let's do it. Some other fate. Ooh, maybe if you watch the birds oh yeah we can talk about <laughs> right, that it's I'll, on my list. I'll keep pitching it you'll love it if you're a tom hanks fan you'll love it classic 80s loud on the set with kyle and james and today lynn thank you all for listening you can find us on youtube and itunes anywhere you find podcasts we're there let us know what you thought of real genius loud on the set at gmail.com give us your nostalgia memories let us know if it rings true to your college experience I as well we're, we're guaranteed <laughs> to get something from you know, Kev. Oh, I hope so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen Real Genius, I think we'd all recommend it here. For sure. Thumbs up, for sure. So go out and see it and have a wonderful time. See you later. And cut. <laughs>